Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about creating your funnel, uh, full funnel B2B marketing strategy. It's very important because I see when companies use generic strategies, they don't consider sales funnel, so they can't sell even if they get traffic. But today, if you want to win, you need to create your uh, strategy that can consider unique selling proposition. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Andrei Zinkevich. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, big pleasure, big pleasure. As I told you before the podcast, uh, that uh, I often see your LinkedIn posts. You you love sharing value on LinkedIn. That's why LinkedIn loves <laughs> sharing on my feed <laughs> everything what you are talking about. So I'm so excited to learn more about uh, sales funnel because um, I know how it's important. Uh, and um, for example, I often cooperate with companies uh, that tell you know they share it's hard to get results for a few years. And uh, when I check out their strategies, I see nothing special. No, they. Uh, replicate competitors, uh, copy existing strategies. Uh, they don't consider unique selling proposition, so it's hard to get results. Uh, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about this topic. Uh, okay, so I started in B2B marketing 17 years ago, and the most interesting part that I started in sales and actually spent first five years of my career in sales and then switched to marketing. Uh, why? Because I was while working and while I had quite successful career in sales, I was always wondering, so how can we motivate our customers to buy more? And so they would be willing to buy more, right? We are not pushing them, but they are willing to to buy more uh, for our products, uh, our services. So uh, that was the key factor why I moved to, to marketing department and later uh, in my career I was in charge of marketing to the biggest retail chains and uh, our market was limited to 50 plus companies right and this is the basically the answer to the question uh, which I get quite often how did I learn account-based marketing basically my reply is really simple when your market is limited to 50 companies (laughs) you have no other chances than doing account-based marketing right so that's it for the last uh for the last nine years i'm running my consultant company two years ago i partnered with my co-founder vlad uh, with whom we did a couple of uh, consultant projects together and we decided to join forces and launch fullfinal.io nice nice love your experience uh andre i have the first question about uh, what to do first for example if i have a project I need to create my strategy. Uh, and uh, I know the era of lazy marketers is that you, you can't use the same strategies to replicate your competitors because competitors consider their strong sides. They have their unique selling proposition. You can't uh, copy them. And I see often marketing books uh, experts share. What you need to do, use HRF, SEMrush, other tools to check out how your competitors get traffic, sales, and replicate it. Um, yeah, possible if you have the same unique selling proposition. But um, most competitors have success with their strong size. Can you tell where to start? What to do first? <laughs> I think that 
first of all, you nail down the most common mistake, right? And the most common mistake is just copying your competitors, but aside from competitors is copying your market leaders. So basically, uh, if you try to, I don't know, to replicate HubSpot strategy or Salesforce strategy, stop for a second and ask yourself, I'm, am I or is my company at the same growth stage? Do I have the same budget and the skill set inside my team? <laughs> do I know their goals and why they are, do, why they are doing these specific like uh, campaigns? Um, so these are the most important questions, right? Um, in most cases, your answers would be no. I'm not at that growth stage, right? I don't have the skills and resources. Uh, the same questions could be applied to competitors, but aside from this, uh, one more question I would ask myself, am I sure that my competitors are doing this right? So the fact mm -hmm. that they have lots of traffic doesn't mean that this traffic has been converted into revenue. The fact that they have, I don't know, lots of pop-ups or chatbot or they are going to TikTok and saying, hey, TikTok is hot, so you'll be, you should be on TikTok doesn't mean that it's correct approach for your company. So coming back to the question where to start, right? The first point is uh, looking at numbers. Right. Uh, and it's also if uh, obviously if we are talking about the existing businesses, right, because for companies that are willing to start, the approach would be slightly different. But I think it makes no sense to touch it because that could be a completely different uh, topic to discuss. So uh, the first point is to look at existing numbers and just answer the question, how are we currently grow, growing our business? Right. So I would look at the. Uh, markets that generate the revenue. So, at what if if you are selling if we are selling globally, right? So, what markets generate the highest revenue? Where we have the uh, highest ACV? Where we have a shorter sales cycle length? Where we have a higher win rate or conversion rate, if you will, right? Uh, I would look at these points. <clears throat> Potentially, if we are talking about SaaS products, right? I would look also at cost of acquisition. Uh, that that would be really important as well to look at. And next, I would do the same analysis for the verticals, right? From what specific verticals or market sub-segments sub I have the revenue. But also, I would look at the churn rate, right? So where do I have churn? Where is the churn high or low? And successful use cases or implementation, right? If we're talking about the products, you know, if, when it comes to services, I would look at uh, the verticals where we have the strong domain expertise and we deliver it the best results, right? I could explain it on our, by using our own example. So these are the most important things. And then you'll see that not all markets and not all segments are created equal, right? So some segments generate uh, much higher revenue right? Uh, there is a shorter sales cycle length, and then there is a better product adoption. Uh, you have better use cases. And in some segments, you have a significantly high churn rate, right? So you're dealing with lots of problems. Cost of acquisition is high. And then it leads us to the point, okay, so I have a strong presence and good results in this specific vertical, right? Maybe I should adapt my strategy to this specific vertical, right? Uh, that would be my first assumption. Uh, 
Next, I would look at uh, the customers from this specific vertical. I would just simply extract the revenue and start analyzing the data, right? The same, basically analyzing the same points, but now looking at these specific companies and just uh, filtering or sorting out these companies by revenue generated. Because then you can see, you know how most companies describe their ICP. They say, hey, so I'm selling to startups from North America or maybe <laughs> more... Mm -hmm. uh, more narrow scope let's say i'm selling to fintech startups in north america but th then you end up with a list of like millions of companies that fit that specific segment yeah. so generally speaking right you'll see that some companies uh generate like 60 70 percent of your revenue and this is just a small amount of the your total clientele database right so this leads us that even all of your customers were not created equal. If we want to create ideal customer profile, obviously we want to generate more clients like those, the top performance, right? Clients that generate the highest revenue potential. So my next step would be analyzing these companies and look at five pillars. Most companies look at only one pillar, pharmographics. So they look at location of that company, right? They look at team size, maybe revenue. And usually that's it, right? Maybe tech stack. But I would look also at the buying committee structure. So how many people are involved in the purchasing, right? And if we are in B2B, uh, in most cases, we'll be dealing with the buying committee. I would look at uh, also... I would categorize these companies between different tiers because companies with the highest revenue potential, right? They would be completely different from the companies with the lowest revenue potential. So I would look at these things. And next, I would analyze the uh, basically two most important points. Uh, what if we look at these companies, right? Let's say top 10, top 15 that generate the highest revenue. So what are unique characteristics of these companies. So what can tell us, right, uh, if, we'll, if we'll try to replicate ICP based on these clients, what can tell us that uh, a new potential customer is a good fit, right? So it could be like a specific situation. I don't know. They're hiring for specific roles or they raised money or they recently changed CTO or whatever, right? So we'll find common patterns. And another, another point I would look at is... Uh, the disqualification criteria. So let's say if we look at all of these companies, right? And then we define the list of companies that can potentially buy from us, right? That fit our ICP. What can tell us that these companies are bad fit? So in this case, I would look at uh, the companies that we, with whom we lost opportunities, right? And the reasons why we lost the price was high, or I don't know, uh, the specific feature was missed, right? Or whatever. So I would just uh, look at these companies and try to find commonalities between them. So then we can have a good count disqualification criteria. And once we'll do this exercise, you will understand your customers way better and to whom you should market, right? The next step is uh, doing the customer research. So the customer research actually has uh, two layers. The first one is in-depth customer interviews. So in this case, you can talk a lot about the business and demand triggers. So what has happened in their business? So they started to look for the product like yours, right? Uh, what are the challenges they want to solve with this product? And how currently this product helps to solve these challenges? What are the results they are gaining, right? How do they usually look for the products 
like yours, right? What channels do they use? Are they going to communities, to review platforms or whatever, right? Who uh, Who is involved in the purchasing decision, right? So do they need to present your product to, let's say, to their boss and get the approval? If yes, what questions... Uh, are being asked right how they justify your product or the budget that they need to allocate to purchase your product so lots of these things uh i would ask obviously i would ask about the value right and the competition so when you consider it my product did you compare it to other products right if yes well, uh, can you share what products did you compare our right with and why did you select our product and why you didn't select the competitors products right so you can understand the value and the differentiation so based on all of these questions you can come up with pretty good understanding of what value your product provides how it's different from the competition right and this is based on the customer insights obviously <clears throat> and update your marketing message the key point is to uh I know like if uh, this is like a, a quite, let's say, uh, quite a big topic to discuss about the positioning because there are different positioning strategies. But I would say that the most solid strategy that I have seen that works for most companies, right? It, all, and it works always when you become a big fish in a small pond. So you adapt your product to a very specific customer, right? And then you avoid these comparison reports. You don't need to, you know how in SaaS space, usually companies, the first mm -hmm. thing that they create, the comparison report, how we're different. But in this case, you're simply not dealing with the competition because you provide an ultimate solution for a very specific customer, right? That's the point. And also... With the help of these customer interviews, and then we have another layer of customer research is looking at the digital traces, right? Analyzing, we can look at the social profiles of our buyers, right? Looking at what content do they engage, uh, what topics they're interested in, and combining it with all the interviews that we asked, right, about the channels they're using, uh, etc. So we can uh, understand their buying journey, right? Uh, what can trigger them to start looking for products like yours, right? If they are using competitor products or if they switched from the competition, what motivated them to switch from the competition so we can recognize the signals and patterns, right? And based on this, we can start creating uh, our marketing programs from top of the funnel where we can attract the attention of these people to the bottom of the funnel where basically we can explain how our product helps and what makes it different from the competition. So these are the most important steps. Basically, these are the fundamental steps that everybody needs to have before doing any marketing or sales. Yeah, that was a long reply. <laughs> yeah, uh, interesting. Okay, uh, I have extra questions according to your reply. You remind me Bill Gates once he shared in interview. Uh, how he can sell product. For example, if he has product A and product B, after investing X money to product A and X money to product B, if product B sells two times more, uh, so to get back like two X money, the next time uh, he will invest all money to product B, uh, neglecting product A because of priorities. No, uh, so uh, uh, 
I can relate a little bit with your reply. And uh, Mitchell said about another aspect uh, that uh, we often have. Uh, you know, um, uh, you mentioned you, uh, that you started your career in sales. Right now, you are in marketing. Uh, I check out a few studies uh, that uh, sales people distrust marketers. That's why marketers usually don't talk to salespeople, uh, ignore them because uh, of this distrust feeling. Can you tell how to unite both uh, marketers and salespeople to achieve a cohesive goal? Because many marketers, uh, you know, they usually uh, have long plan strategy. It takes time, especially if we cover sales funnel. Uh, some strategies uh, can create brand awareness, many other aspects. So can you tell how to uh, improve this uh, cooperation between marketers and sales so first of all uh i would <laughs> i would tell you that this is a problem that exists in uh mostly exists in mid-size and enterprise companies so rarely it's a problem of startups because of uh intersection between the roles lots of people are wearing multiple hats right and they are closely collaborated with co-founders or senior leadership but in mid-size and uh, especially uh, at enterprise companies this happens quite often I, I would say that in most enterprise companies i know this is like the biggest challenge and uh, partially in mid-size companies why because of the organizational culture uh, these companies traditionally uh, create these two functions, sales and marketing, as siloed functions. So they say, okay, sales, you guys need to sell marketing. And then it leads us to a very interesting point. How do they define the role of marketing, right? And they, sometimes, uh, unfortunately, in some companies, marketing is just uh, the arts and crafts department. So, hey, guys, make some slides. Hey, guys, run some events. Hey, guys, make things you know looking visually good hey guys prepare for the conference and or the trade show etc so there is like it's a passive role that has no contribution to revenue and obviously if marketing operates that way right then uh sales always say okay like I don't see any impact of marketing on revenue, so <laughs> please give us the budget and we'll, <laughs> we'll hit our revenue targets way faster. So that's the first. Uh, the second one, when uh, in some companies, they cultivate lead generation mindset. So basically they erase the understanding of marketing and they put marketing on the sales function. And in this case, especially if marketing is uh led by CRO or by I don't know any senior person who comes from sales or who doesn't have a marketing background right then marketing becomes a pure lead generation function it would be all about uh like running webinars but these webinars would be a sales pitch right and after the webinar the list of signups will be sent to sales and then sales will be spamming everybody the same with all the content all the content it's not like the educational or nurturing content right it's all about hey look how great my product is hey go and buy hey go and buy right there is no um there is no demand generation function. It's all about sell, 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 sell. So uh, these are two extreme camps, right? <clears throat> now, uh, how to align? Uh, how to align departments? Obviously, it requires change management. So it should be done first of all on the 
top organizational level. So the senior leadership should understand that, okay, there is, uh, we, don't, we don't have sales and marketing, but we have revenue teams, right? I always give uh, an, uh, an example that's coming from football or soccer in the United States, right? So I, I would ask you, who, is, who has the most important role on the field? Goalkeeper, defense, midfielders, or forwards? And obviously, you'll tell me, hey, but they all have their own roles and responsibilities, right? So the same is here, right? But uh, the team works, uh, every team has the same goal to win the game, right? To win the tournament, to win the competition. The same is here. Both teams should have the same goal to generate revenue, to hit the revenue targets, but their responsibilities would be different, right? So the first, uh, the alignment comes on the fundamental level that we need to have uh, alignment on the go-to-market strategy, something that we have discussed, right? So the key elements of the go-to-market strategy, whom we are going to sell to, why we are selling to this specific vertical and this specific ICP, how are we going to sell what marketing will be doing and what sales would be doing and what is the uh, common report common revenue report that we both can use right to justify our activities to measure our performance that's the first thing next uh if we'll dive deeply and if I'm a marketer, I want to build a close relationship and close collaboration with my sales people right I would sit down with head of sales and just start to reviewing the pipeline, I would say, okay, guys, uh, can we review the five uh, deals that you won recently and that were closed pretty fast, right? Why that has happened? So why we were able to to, to win these deals pretty fast. So we can recognize the patterns and align it with ICP. I would say, would you like to have more, would you like us to help you with prospecting the same companies or basically generating demand and awareness in these companies, right? Because if you'll ask any salesperson what kind of help uh, you expect from marketing, they will always tell, hey, so we want to make sure that these companies are aware of us, what we do and what is our value proposition, what makes us different, right? So we'll have easier conversation going with these accounts. So next I would say, okay, let's review the lost deals. Why did we uh, lose this opportunity? So you see, it's very similar to this account qualification and disqualification approach. I would say next, okay, let's look at, let's look at the uh, pipeline accuracy. So like if your pipeline has 2000 leads, then you definitely has a broken process, right? That's, that's not accurate. You can't, you won't be able forecast. And that's the first mistake. Uh, basically redefine what does lead mean in your organization, right? So what kind of opportunities or leads should appear in the pipeline, right? That's the first thing. Next. Uh, nail down this lead definition and leads handoff process. So when the lead is going from marketing to sales, when sales should pick it up, right? Uh, next define, should this company, because it depends on the ACV, on average contract value of the product, should the company uh, be doing proactive account-based marketing campaigns, right? And it makes sense only in case if your ACV is relatively high, let's say starting from 30K. Right then, it, in this case, it makes sense to run these personalized campaigns. If no, then I would define okay. So, what is the leads engagement criteria? So, how, like, uh, how can we say that this lead is engaged enough so the sales should reach out? So, what should 
has happened, right? So maybe they visited specific pages on your website, like pricing, use cases, de book a demo, whatever, and spend spend in total 30 minutes. Maybe they signed up for a product demo, etc. So you define this criteria, and you agree with sales, right? Then you will not have any complaints from sales ever blaming you i mean blaming marketing team for the low quality leads right so these things and next i would say okay so analyzing the lost deals do you see that uh, some of these deals uh, we were able to close right uh, if yes so what how, what could we do differently right to close it and they say okay uh, here was the problem that we didn't have a relevant case study from this specific like vertical right or we didn't have enough sales arguments or we don't have a migration guide so like you mentioned in the beginning let's say tools like hrefs and rush etc so the guys let's say the guys want to migrate from hrefs to semrush right and it wasn't clear the ends in hrefs they built uh, like the reports the tracking system and all of that stuff right and obviously they don't want to lose it and it the migration process wasn't clear to them so they decided not to migrate uh, I mean, these points. So it then you can say, okay, like if I will create this content, will it be helpful, right? Boom, done. Next, analyze the one deals and the stalled leads, right? So what can we do to accelerate these opportunities? So this guy uh, asked me these questions and I don't know how to answer, right? Okay, so I need to prepare these answers for you. Uh, for the win deals, could we accelerate the process? Yes. Uh, we could, but the guy asked me for the budget justification because they need to do some in-house selling, right? And present <clears throat> the budget to CFO, to their boss, right? And I didn't have a good answer. Then I'm saying, okay, that makes sense to create an ROI calculator or budget justification tool, right? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And now you become a helper, right? Now you start supporting sales, you take care of the revenue, and then you present the campaigns. You can always, whenever you want to involve sales in something, right? Let's say you want to do ABM on LinkedIn, or you want to involve sales into proactive social selling or whatever, right? Uh, then you start explaining them, okay, guys, I have analyzed our conversation. I came up with this specific campaign. And when you present the new campaign, you need to come up with why the framework and that should be exact framework not just hey let's do demand generation right uh the key pillars so what are the activities that are required from sales how much time do they need to commit to it right and the exact steps so this this is the way how to get this real alignment and then you start tying it to to revenue so i can say from this activity let's say it's not lead generation activity, so we can't, you know, make forecast on leads. But we can do this and that. So we expect inbound opportunities. And then let's say this can create this sort of intent data that you guys can use for proactive and highly personalized outreach. And based on this, you can start booking, uh, start uh, opening conversations and booking demo calls. Right? Makes sense. Let's do the pilot. So that's the way. And if you will follow all these recommendations, you will never have problems with sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the way, if someone from HRFs can listen to this episode, uh, make harder you know, to migrate to SEMrush and not change all your reports because you know HRFs was sponsor. Uh, of my podcast like 20 episodes and so yeah <laughs> a good tip for them you know just to make harder to leave this migration <laughs> okay 
Andrei, I have the question about uh, how to learn customers. You mentioned a lot about customers to understand their pain points. Uh, can you tell how to do practically, how to uh, learn what customers need, uh, their pain points, and how to unite with your products, unique selling proposition to decide their problems, simplify their lives, uh, and something like this. For example, you know, I see when companies share a lot of features. A lot of features, but uh, for example, when I watch uh, presentation um, uh, Apple about new Apple Watch, after that I bought three pairs for me, for my son, for my wife, uh, because I can't buy only one pair. They probably kill me, you know. Uh, by the way, uh, my Apple Watch uh, right now is um, in the Atlantic Ocean, so uh, this ocean owns my Apple Watch. <laughs> but anyway, it happens. <laughs> uh, so, uh, can you tell how to learn? customers and unite with your marketing message uh, so look i mentioned this part Shale, uh, there are two ways right the first one and the most important one is running the customer interviews uh, unfortunately too many companies uh, are neglecting this or i afraid or scared to talk to their customers right and uh, quite often they tell me hey so we don't want to bother our accounts or whatever why they should spend time we need to somehow incentivize us but again this is a business like you mentioned uh, why we are doing this because we want to make a product better for them right so we want to mm -hmm. print more value and that's the main point right you take their time to make the product even more valuable so it can I don't know, like simplify their job, right? You can uh, add more features that uh, will help them to, to do like the jobs to be done, right, better. So that's that's the main point. For me, if these are power users, it's like no brainer. Like, let's say if I'm using your product, for me, it's no brainer to give some feedback. So I will get a better product at the end, right? Um, that's the first point. So uh, some companies are scared to do this. And for me, this like kind of red flag and this is a litmus test. And I'm saying, okay, guys, so uh, what, what does it tell me is that you guys operate in uh, our customers are happy by default mode, right? So which means like if they are not complaining, everything is fine. But the truth is that <laughs> quite often customers won't complain until they have a significant issue with the, your product, right? And if they're not satisfied, maybe they won't be reaching out and saying, hey, I'm not satisfied with this, or I'm missing this feature. They will start an alternative research, and at one day you'll get just, if you have a high ACV product, you'll get an email from them saying, sorry, we're going to terminate our contract. Or if it's like low ticket product, they will simply unsubscribe and that's it, right? So our uh, that, that's why we need to have a proactive approach and we need to have have this customer interviews that's why i mentioned a couple of times how important is the icp development right so you need you need to interview these customers and do it real time so like we are chatting with you one-to-one -one right now the same i would go through all the questions that i mentioned in the uh when replying to your prior question right uh the second is uh the second way is to do the digital analysis so i would look at uh like if we are talking about products, right? So I would look at the uh, product adoption and product usage inside the organization. So how often do they log in? What are the typical tasks they are running, right? Next, uh, how often do they run these tasks? Uh, do they use all the features or no, right? Uh, and then I would simply 
when I'm running this customer interview, so for product, the process is slightly different because we need to ask more questions that are product related. I would start asking you questions, right? Uh, so I have seen that, uh, let's say uh, we have HREFs, right? So I would say, I see that you guys run the um, tracking, uh, position tracking for these specific keywords every single week. Right. But then we have all this, like we have this keyword intelligence, we have like competitors analysis, etc. And you have never used these features. And I was wondering, are these features valuable for you? And you simply didn't understand how to use them on this is like completely irrelevant. Right. And then you start getting actionable feedback. Hey, I actually didn't understood how this works. Right. Or I didn't find it or like it's it's hidden. So it's not really uh, maybe I didn't understand that this is included into my plan, whatever. Right. So lots of these questions. And then I would simply one of the ideas I would give you, I, I would uh, potentially can combine it and make out of it like podcast, whatever, like the podcast you have right now, I would ask about like the day of uh, your target job role, let's say uh, a day of SEO manager, right? So I would ask, can you please describe me a typical day and your typical routine? So what are the tasks you are executing? And then the person describes, right? The routine, etc. And then I'm asking, hey, so, and what do you use for this specific task? I do this that way. But did you know that you can do it in our product? You are using it, right? So lots of the things. Or maybe you can ask, okay, so this is like time consuming. Like, the, would you like us to create this feature? So potentially I, I see how, how we can add this to our product's functionality. Will it be valuable for you, right? And this is the actionable way to collect the right feedback. The, uh, what most companies are doing, unfortunately, and I believe this process is completely broken. So they just sent, they create a digital survey in like type form or whatever, in any digital form, right? And send the survey, hey, so uh, would you be willing to fill in this form? And we'll send you uh, like 20 bucks gift, uh, Amazon gift card or whatever. And then you're sending it to the entire database, right? You're not selling to the most valuable customers. Most, uh, the customers that, let's say, are these tier one accounts with the highest, that generate the highest revenue for your company, they might be busy. They don't feel it's personalized. So why should I waste time, right? And they will skip this resource. Then you get uh, feedback from entire clientele database, right? And different segments might have different reasons how they use your product. And then you end up with... Uh, basically having no clue where to go. That's the point. Yeah. So the point is to understand who are those customers and just dive deeply into their jobs to be done and then adapt your product. Mm -hmm. Nice, valuable. Uh, Andre, I have the question about common mistakes. Can you list uh, mistakes that companies still do and uh, how to find a much better way? So mistakes i think that it's just uh, you know it's funny enough because lots of uh i see uh, uh, i i will give you one funny reply uh a good friend of mine 
Adam Gayet, who worked for Help Scout, he is now Startups Advisor, he once said, he made a funny tweet saying, so according to Twitter, 99% of us are doing everything wrong, right? Because all the tweets are the mistakes, the mistakes, the mistakes, the mistakes, the mistakes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just always <laughs> getting at it, right? Uh, I, I, I would say that mistakes uh, are coming from the lack of knowledge. That's, that's the problem, right? So most companies don't want to get a proper uh, education about marketing, about about modern marketing, about modern sales, right? Uh, people who don't have marketing background, unfortunately, they think that uh, sometimes they think, I'm not saying obviously about everybody, that it's just enough to have a target market that our product exists and that's it. And that good sales people can sell the product, right? And obviously, if you have ever watched the wolf from the Wall Street movie, right? You can think that, hey, so I need just to hire Jordan Belfort and I need to hire people who know how to sell this pen, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's the problem. This is where the lead generation mindset comes from. And unfortunately, in most cases, it can be changed only when they learn the lesson the hard way, when they uh, hired lots of people, right? Tried multiple tactics, uh, did this pure outbound lead generation function, nothing works. And then they realize, okay, probably something is broken here and, uh, and I need to, to do it differently, right? That's the first point. So uh, like if we'll try to systematize the mistakes and uh, the number one is uh, not having a, clear and efficient go-to-market strategy, right? And these are all the points that we have discussed so far. So not understanding what verticals they are serving, who is the ICP, how do these customers buy, right? What motivates them to buy products like yours? How can you articulate your product, how your product is different and articulate the value your product provides, right? These are the fundamental points. Uh, And uh, aside from this, the next one is assuming that buying process is linear which means like, okay, so people will see the ad and will go and buy my product. Well, if you are selling Netflix, uh, right, or you are selling like $5 box subscription, maybe it makes sense. But if you are selling uh, high ticket B2B products and I'm operating exactly in (laughs) high ACV space, don't assume that your buyers, uh, you know, open LinkedIn or any social just to see the ad and then go and buy Right, it, and uh, don't expect that just pure outbound uh, can work. That all you need is just to find a good script and just spam everybody. So ask yourself, when was the last time you have purchased uh, like an expensive B2B product from a cold call or from cold email from people? Right, that's that's the simple answer to that question. Don't assume that your buyers are different. Yeah, nice, nice. Andrei, I have the final question. Uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. What will you do today to learn more about sales funnel? Uh, what I would do? So I would... Uh, uh, the, there are like basically two conditions that we need to define. If I knew everything that I know right now, or if I if I had no idea and I was just starting out the career, so which condition do you choose? Uh, I think, you know, uh, uh, let me explain why I'm asking about that. Uh, uh, for example, I found that I usually get much higher results 
with companies that understand uh, uh, my services what i can do for them now for example okay. um the other seo services if they understand how it works uh, why we need to find the right keywords why we need to create the right strategy uh, technical optimization link building content creation many other stuff so we usually get much higher results if they don't understand it's like i don't know uh, if someone wanna lose weight the best coach can't help you to lose weight you know if you uh, don't eat right if you don't trade hard you know uh, many uh, something like this or for example uh, the best uh, tutor can't help you to learn uh, french uh, or any other language because you need to do yourself uh, the uh, coaches mentors uh, can lead you in the right direction can you tell and uh, i usually educate my customers uh, about SEO, what is it, how it's important, why we need to use uh, white hat SEO, uh, and many other stuff. So um, let's imagine I'm your customer and uh, I have no knowledge about sales funnel, but I, I want to sell more. So what uh, can you, uh, I don't know, uh, what kind of resources do I need to take or uh, any tips uh, that you can provide to me to learn more about sales funnel? I would okay. So uh, <laughs> got you. Uh, let me give you a good example. So the first uh, I told you that in most cases, when it comes to marketing, right? In most cases, unfortunately, uh, companies that don't, uh, where the senior leadership comes uh, from sales or from technical right side, uh, quite often they have this linear mindset and they assume that it's just enough to aware our customers and they build the outbound function. Right. So quite often it's really required to understand that this is not the way to sell the product. Right. So mm -hmm. the next, uh, let's say if uh, that's not the problem. Right. So and like you said, I want to learn more how to sell. Right. I don't want just to do stupid things like spamming everybody and running lots of ads. Uh, I would just simply start asking myself question okay so what were the recent products i have purchased and i would look at the b2b space right i want mm -hmm. to look at i don't know like the stuff that i'm buying at the grocery obviously right but anyhow so i would ask myself uh what are the products i'm purchasing and why right how did i and why i have decided to buy these products and uh like if I'm working with some vendors, why I decide to work with these vendors, right? So like you mentioned about, uh, you shared your story about the Apple watches, right? And that you never buy one pair, but you buy three. So there are like, there are specific reasons for this. And one of them, obviously you love Apple print, right? So you buy lots of stuff. You don't purchase only the laptop. Uh, you purchase, yeah, you have everything. So iPhone, I assume iPad, iMac, and here we go, right? Uh, like, why do you like this brand, right? But the first answer is actually how Apple was able to position themselves as a valuable product for you and your family, right? This will lead you to the next stage. How can I make my product or my service valuable to specific customers? And who are these customers, right? Again, this is the step that we have discussed uh, multiple times during this conversation. So who are these buyers, right? And here we go. We start, okay, so how can I attract the attention of this people, right? How could I explain that my product is different? How can I articulate my value to them, right? Um, 
for, for some of them, as you said, so maybe some are not even considering to purchase Apple watches, right? Because simply they don't know the value for them. Clocks are just the clocks, right? How can I educate that Apple watches provide additional value? These are not just the simple watches, right? So this sort of thing. So, and in this case, I'm going to proactively create the demand, right? So these people will understand the value and start buying my product, right? So these sort of things, uh, but again, it leads us to fundamentals. Just start thinking about why you're purchasing some products. How did these companies, or how were these companies able to position themselves to become a valuable vendor for you, right? Uh, producer or manufacturer. So this, these are the first things. Next, I would also look at some companies you admire, right? Uh, in, in tech space, you can find some leaders. I don't know, HubSpot, Salesforce, whatever you prefer, right? Uh, in B2B space, Snowflake. Uh, look at these companies. Uh, what makes them different, right? And you'll see that they're running lots of marketing activities. And it's just not like a pure outbound and not just ads, right? And then you can say, okay, so if they are doing this, right, they probably know their buyers. How can I do the same? And this is how you start ed educating yourself on marketing. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Uh, guys, I recommend 100% to follow Andrei Zinkevich on LinkedIn because you can get uh, additional value that you got on this podcast. Andrei, tell uh, our audience the best way how to reach out to you, to learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, uh, so you already mentioned one channel type, uh, Andrei Zinkevich on LinkedIn, you'll find only one bold guy, uh, no mistake. And yeah, uh, you can go to fullfunnel.io uh, where you can subscribe to our blog. Nice, nice. Guys, you can find the links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Uh, I got a lot of valuable insights. I'm pretty sure that my audience loves this episode as well. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening and watching us. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.